commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Rex Comback, and you're listening to Coral News, your holiday news show for in-depth coverage analysis for the latest stories from around the galaxy. Welcome to another episode of Fistful of Bessica, with your host, Ben Grantonato. This is The Way. Now, for Fistful of Beskar. Awesome. Uh, thanks very much, Grex. Here we are, uh, episode three of uh, The Mandalorian, uh, and it keeps getting better. Um, what are uh, first thoughts about this episode from you guys? I, I mean, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was incredible. I thought it had one of the best action scenes in mm-hmm. all of live action Star Wars, which was astounding. And uh, <laughs> just shout out to Deborah Chow. Like, this was an incredible episode, heart pounding episode, super fun, lots of action. Uh, more of the armor, which I was I was digging. So. Whoa! Yeah, a lot of armor there. And did we see any of this in promo photos? I mean, we know there was only promo photo, right? We looked at one photo of him for the whole time, but uh, I don't know. He looked really cool, man. Look, there's like there's armor, and then there's like this armor looked diesel. Yeah. It was really thick and crazy. I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. I just, I think I watched it with Ben this morning, and I turned <laughs> over to him. Sounds like we were in bed together. Uh, and said, um, <laughs> we were. We were. Uh, and I said to him, like, I love how much this is just a straight up Western. Like mm. that that shootout scene, which is like so well directed, was like one of the best Western shootout scenes I've ever seen. Yeah. And um, and there was kind of a, a Western staple in this episode where, where grief takes a shot to the chest. Yep. There's like a, it was kind of a, a metal or it would be a gold coin in a Western. But in this case, it's Beskar and uh, it yeah. saves his life. Yeah, I thought that was just I thought that was a really fun kind of homage to the Western genre. Yeah, I was actually going to say the same thing. That was like so like grief. Karga's like character is so Western to me, just so classic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he pulls it off so well. And then like that, that like homage was awesome. Just fun to see. Yeah. Speaking um, of homages, there were a lot of homages to Iron Man in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> there was one in particular that is probably I feel, like, I feel like I love this show so much, yet in every episode there's one little thing that bucks me a little bit. And and it was the uh it was the Iron Man saluting moment. Out the oh, window. Yeah, yeah. That's totally Iron Man at that point. And then the, of course those uh the whistling bird was totally the pin needle rockets <laughs> that you oh, see. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah. Still fun though with whistling birds like that. The fact that they're like, this is this weapon. This is how scarce it is. This is the size of it. This is where it is in the like in the you know in your grieve and like where it goes like that stuff. I love the mechanics of all this that he has it. I love that he ran out of fuel when he was like um, using his uh, his the flamethrower. Yeah, which makes sense. It's like that's a limited thing. It's not just coming out of nowhere. And he uses his flamethrower liberally in this show, and I think that's awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, it's Star Wars, right? And one of the best, you know, positive things coming out of Star Wars is when people were talking about it when it first came out was that it felt like a lived-in universe, right? That we didn't yeah. feel in sci-fi, and I feel like this, Favreau took that to heart. Like, this is a lived-in universe. There are mechanics and rules. We're not going to go into a lot of detail about it. It's not heavy sci-fi, but there are rules and mechanics of how the universe works. Right. So why don't we just cobble together a brief overview of this? I know we sort of got into the just like the awesome right away, and there's plenty of it here. Um, hopefully this will jog our memories. But um, essentially, so he comes back. He gives up, reluctantly gives up his bounty um, and gets paid for it because it's more bounty than that planet's ever seen. And um, then he, you know, uh, instantly regrets it 
um, you know, wants to just get on with his life, but can't. Um, he lives by code. Goes back and uh, recaptures um, the internet's favorite, like <laughs> character of all time. Yeah, and um, uh, and fights his way out of Dodge with uh, the help of the Mandos. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yeah, so so much here. Um, I don't know. One thing that stuck out we were just talking about, and I'm just sort of picking a random point yeah. here. But we, uh, Adam and I were talking about this before we uh, hopped on Skype here. And um, I, I just, I forgot, like, he's an orphan, you know, like they do the orphan flashback every time he's, you know, making new armor and getting new armor made. And um, that just makes sense why he would feel an extra special, you know, an extra pang towards this baby Yoda character. Right. And um I don't know that uh, that finally occurred to me is like why he he cares so much about this creature. Yeah, yeah this uh this character this episode had some gorgeous uh parallels I felt uh with both with the orphan the, the the baby and then the child should I say and then his own kind of upbringing and being a foundling and being an orphan himself and then also with a uh, kind of the, the 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 adherence to a code or a system of honor like a yeah. Grief guild the code of the guild with grief Karga and then the Mandalorian kind of uh, religion uh, and that kind of comparison was very interesting and in how you know following a code is not is not going to always yield the best kind of outcome uh, but at the same time following a code also gives you a family and I thought that was really interesting definitely yeah. I, I like the fact too that it feels like um, Favreau is really good at setup setups and payoffs right and they're and they're setups within and payoffs within single episodes and over episodes I, I was talking with Ben when he uses that whistling bird to take down those four, four stormtroopers. Yeah. There's a specific reason there's four stormtroopers and not three or five, right? Because literally <laughs> in the first episode, a stormtrooper says four against one, and he goes, I like those odds. And so he's <laughs> yeah. trying to get that scene to play out. Right. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was awesome. Um, great dialogue in this episode, too. I mean, uh, <laughs> I love when that bounty hunter comes up to grief and he's like you had your shot dust breather no pucks yeah. for you now get out of here <laughs> get, get out of here he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's Carl awesome just crushed it in this episode that whole scene where he like comes back to um get a new bounty you know get a new puck from grief and he's like they all hate you and then like they flash <laughs> to the bar and the guy turns around and is like eat you dog it's like i never knew how much hot teas i actually knew but i'm pretty sure i know that one yeah <laughs> um, and I like the fact, Grant, kind of going back to this, the, or we talked a bit about the flashback to his childhood. Oh, yeah. I think you and I had talked a bit about, I think on the episode, that um, I, I bumped up against that flashback a little bit the first time. It felt overly long the first time they did it. Okay. I, I agree 100%. Yeah. I, I disagree like, with you both. I, that's fine. But I feel like this episode redeemed that a little bit because I like that it's very situationally specific that he has flashbacks and it's not just like i was a little getting a little worried that we're going to get this whole thing where like when anything happens he starts like connecting it to his childhood but i like that's only when the armor's getting forged with yes yeah. like explosions and like that's how ptsd works like like flashbacks are usually very situationally yeah. specific so i kind of was like all right i kind of like that that it's only going to happen in these situations yeah and we were talking before the podcast and we were saying that we take this that event as being a kind of it looks like what looks like a separatist attack attack at the yeah, tail end yeah. of the Clone Wars. Yeah. It doesn't look like the Great Purge that they keep referring to. And I think that might uh, confuse some audience, you know, some audience members as they watch this. Maybe the- a little bit, but I feel like so. My wife, who we've talked about, 
is like loves Star Wars, but only dish only dines with the movies. Like that's her her depth of Star Wars. Watches them a ton, but that's about it. She doesn't go into the expanded universe. She's watching this. She loves it. And after like the first episode, she was just like, "That was really great." So remind me, when does this take place? I was like five years after like uh, Empire or uh, Return. Return. She's like, "Okay, cool." Like I feel like it's it's it just takes like a sentence to to get a person into. I was actually kind of surprised in that first episode there wasn't like, and I'm kind of glad it wasn't right. even, like. Five years after the fall of the empire, or something like that. Right. Just yeah. Trust its audience to engage with it and figure it out. It's just not that important. Yeah. Right. Like it, he's setting the stage with a million different ways. You know, you're looking through the lens of a bounty hunter, and you realize it's war torn. You know, they say a hundred times the empire has fallen. That's really all you need to know. And and it's and I also think I mean between so you've got the purge that the the Mandalorians are talking about, um, which is probably post empire. Uh, no, it's probably during Empire, probably the same time as the Jedi Purge. Yeah, I would think. I so. would imagine. Yeah, I would, at the early, the early, um, early Empire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then, um, and then you've got, you know, the the orphaning of um, our Mandalorian, and um, and but it's like it doesn't matter. It's so you, you know, there's a war torn place. Yep. You know, you were born out of fire. You were orphaned. You know, it's it's war. You know, crushed your family like it crushed so many families. It almost doesn't matter which war. I also think it's 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 telling that they chose um, the battle droid, the super battle droids, than the regular ones because I'm trying to think. I'll be interesting when I watch this show twice again tonight with my yeah. wife. Um, see if she even recognizes or notices those things because from the movie standpoint, we see them very sparingly. They're only in episode yeah. three for like a minute or two. So, but if they were like the old school battle droids. Yeah, more fans would do it. So I think they chose that on purpose to be like it's more of a nod to the people who who really pay attention to Star Wars, and for those who don't, as Ben said, you get it: war torn orphan. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, I also, you, I, yeah. I also love how like cold and threatening the battle droids are in this flashback yeah. sequence. It's yeah. it's definitely more like like a Terminator vibe than than the prequels. Were. It's, it, it's, it's really of... tough to make B ones look at like intimidating. Like they were yeah. comic relief oh, yeah. on, for the uh, you know for the most of yeah. their appearances. Yeah. But yeah, the 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 actual battle droids, our super battle droids, are are threatening. They also had um. One of those uh, separatists, um, like hellish ships. There's like yeah. those like circles that um, that drop ships, and they were actually very um, very threatening in the Clone Wars animated series. I think yeah. they showed up on Onderon on the Onderon arc, right. and they like they were devastating. Didn't know it, actually that whole Onderon arc is a parallel of Afghanistan and how yeah. and like Charlie Wilson's war. <laughs> like that's that's all it was, and so they symbolized like helicopters. And um, and, you know, and and the Jedi gave them um, anti aircraft rocket launchers and essentially. And that's that's what went. But anyways, they're a threatening thing. And and you actually saw one in this episode sort of sweep through and carpet bomb a a street. Um, I just thought it was great because it also it gives us what live action prequels would have looked like, um, which probably looked pretty cool. I'm yeah. just going to say that. I'm not going to make a judgment statement there. I'm just going to say that probably would have looked pretty cool, too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, if they were to announce a Clone Wars show after this show, I mean, I would I would be there for that. Like, it would be it would be incredible. Oh, and live uh, action Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. Like just how these battle droids were treated in in live action in this in by Fabro and Filoni. Yeah. It was just so interesting and different from what George did in the prequels. Like it, in the prequels, they were just saber fodder. You know, it wasn't so much that yeah. they were. They were intimidating. So this was this was very interesting. I will say this in the immortal words of one B one battle droid. What dat? 
Moving on. Moving um, on. <laughs> I have some random observations. Uh, first is we get our first hollow in this in this show, with Grief Karga at the very beginning appearing as a hollow. Oh. And that technology looks really good. Like they did a good job of matching with the movies. It looks kind of staticky, but still pretty high tech. Yeah, sound design excelled there as well. It, much like the flamethrower scene, I thought there was some great sound design. While you were looking at that, I was looking at the whole the like toy gag with uh, Baby Yoda that whole time. Yeah. I sort of, I remember hearing it, but I was just yeah. like, yeah. No. Um, speaking of the sound design, there was a moment when um, one of the Mandos, who we'll talk about <laughs> a little bit. Um, when they come to our Mando's rescue, this is going to be a tricky thing. For mm-hmm. Mando's, I guess our Mando, the you know, Mandalorian, the, Mando, the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, it used that old school blaster sound. That's yeah. like yeah. I swear yeah. they just lifted it straight out of like the first time you hear it in episode four. Oh yeah, it was amazing. Like it, they all sound good, but like that's like the Wilhelm scream, right? Where you can yeah. instantaneously identify it's like that is like they went to like the the biggest recesses of Bert. You know, uh, Ben Burt's yeah. archives and picked out like the first one. Right. They like, sorted by like latest on their like in yeah. the thing and then like just went to the way back and was like, nope, we'll just take these first, you know, first 200 or whatever. Yeah. They're using all classic sound effects yeah. and they're doing, you know, still a lot of those scenes that are essentially, um, what do you call them? Uh, like cantina scenes. Like yeah. every scene in the show is a cantina scene. Yeah. And, you know, you just like looking at the the streets and we see, you know, there was a, a, a you know a small person in a in a spacesuit walking by, and it was like you know, actually they used sort of a weird droid noise for that, but it yeah. was awesome and yeah. it worked. And it's like it doesn't matter, you know. They're just using all these retro like throwback um, sound effects and so, sound design sounds so good. Uh, what else? Mandalorian helmets uh, equal poor peripheral vision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that but... that, that baby Yoda got up there and like unscrewed that knob. And he did not notice at all, and I'm like this. is... How is he not dead yet? Is it just the, <laughs> like, like, the trick is, you know, just go up to the 320 like degree angle that he can't see yeah. to kill him? Yeah. What? How did you feel about the flashlights on the E11s, Ben? <laughs> so uh, I I like that very much because I think they were actually made canon canon by um, Battlefront 2's uh, Ewok hunt mode, um, where you're you're walking, you know, you're a stormtrooper. And you're getting hunted by Ewoks and in the dark, like of the forest. And so you're, you're, um, they have a, I think a DT DL 19 or DT 19, um, rifle had them too. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And I was like, what are they fumbling around with? They don't have, you don't have to reload an E11. And uh, then, but then you can see they're turning on their flashlights. And I was like, I'm so happy right now. (laughs) Um, yeah, that was pretty cool. The whole like Mandalorian storyline in this is for some reason really shocking to me. I didn't expect to get any of this like tribal backstory stuff. Yeah. Grant, you called it. You were like, oh, it'd be cool if they're like a, the Native Americans in a yeah. Western. And that's just, I, I would say that's exactly who they are. Yeah. But yeah. um, oh my gosh, I never knew I, how bad I wanted it. Yeah, same here. You know, when they came, and I know they're part of the story because we've seen them in the first first episode and the third episode. But when they came flying into action, that shocked me. As much yeah. as like Baby Yoda shocked me in a way, because I, I just was not expecting to see like full Mando action. No, and in jetpacks too. Yeah. It was like we forgot that they right. love jetpacks. And um, there was even actually it was a pretty cute line where mm-hmm. he was like, "I gotta get me one of those." Yeah. <laughs> and like we know where this is going. Um, yeah, I just I, all this Mando lore. I guess because I, I I expected them to not do a good job with it. I I, I hate naysaying, but the Mandalorian we got stuff we got in the clone wars was like 
there was a little i mean it was like a death watch is not real mando and then like duchess satine is not real it's like it's not real mando it's more like political mandalore and this is the mandalore we all wanted right we wanted the like the real the religion right if people of a certain age it's not what we grew up with And, and that's not to say that it's not interesting but like you know having growing up with the lore of the Mandalorian stuff, and then like the Republic Commando by Karen Travers, Travis, um, yeah, Travis stuff is like that's what I always thought it was. And then I remember re- really being thrown. In fact, I'll just be one hundred percent honest. I stopped watching the Clone Wars the first time through during that plotline because it really, really did not connect to me to what I thought. Right. And then I realized, and then I kind of grew up, and it was, I was of the wrong age when I was watching it, and I grew up and realized like it's not my ip it's not my story right let me meet it at where it's at and then i and i'm fine with it but i agree like i'm glad to see this connects a little more with what i think, what I think. Yeah, yeah i always thought they i always thought of them as kind of like nomadic warrior tribesmen like yeah. that's what yeah. i always thought of them as uh and then my kind of knowledge goes back to the tales of the jedi comics i've talked about a hundred times in the yeah. podcast but like yeah the, the mask of mandalore is kind of uh, when they talk about this is the way and not removing your mask and all that stuff, it ties back to the mask of Mandalore, which would transfer from one leader to the next and whoever wear the mask would never take it off. And they would be the leader, the permanent leader of the Mandalorians until that. And that just begs the question, are we going to see the mask of Mandalore in this episode, like in the show at some point? Like there's, there's yeah. so many hanging questions that yeah. I would love to, to come into play. Yeah. I mean, so I, I think we're going to see sort of an escalation of this armor. You know, I didn't expect it to get this far and it's only episode three. Right. And again, we, and uh, Adam and I talked about this mid show, but I was just like, you know, he doesn't have any color on his armor. Everyone else does. Like, is that a thing? You know, he almost got the, um, the, this, his signet, you know, place, which I was like, Oh, and then he's like, he's a game clean. It was like, no, I thought he was actually going to get a signet of the baby Yoda's head. (laughs) Yeah. Which would be sort of funny, but I mean, that's, that's his thing. Um, but he's clearly like vectoring towards being the leader of this tribe, yeah. um, seeing him have to like, it's great that they, he had to like, there was a fight between all of them. It's great to see all the Mandos come out and them talk about like how they've been hiding. And then like, now they're out of hiding. And he's, I think he said, we're going to have to relocate the coven. Is that, yeah. did he call himself a coven or something? Yeah. Great. What'd you hear? Cause I heard coven as well, but it was a little unclear. I thought it was covert, but I, Okay. Covert, well, I, yeah. I haven't looked up, you know, the many definitions of covert, and I know it means sneaky or stealth, but I, I didn't think it meant like enclave or whatever. Right. So oh, the it, covert, maybe it's yeah. tub, coven makes sense too. I mean, I, I that it's was like, a hard line to hear. Yeah. It's like a murder of crows, like yeah. a a gaggle of geese, yeah. and a covert a of, of Mandalorians. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> you know, one thing that I just realized is that they're doing a lot with the whole foundling thing, right? Like him being a foundling, the money goes to the foundlings. Yeah. They're the future. And when they got into that fight, when he got into that argument, I was waiting for the, well, you're just a foundling thing to come out. Right. Yeah. Like like some racism or something. I'm glad they're not going that direction. I mean, maybe we'll get that at some point, but it's just such a different story, such a nice story that like, yes, like this is, we, this tribe is what we make of it. It's not, doesn't matter whether you were born of it or brought into it. You're part of the Mm -hmm. tribe equally. Yeah, important little, little just aside. Like it's not, it's not yeah. trying to say a huge thing, but I just really appreciated that. Yeah, I, I hope they continue with that too, and don't make a beat. You know, it's only an issue in that, like he cares for this other orphan. Exactly. That is Yoda. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Yoda, I mean, oh good, yeah. Every time I think about Baby Yoda, I just, I think it, I just keep thinking it's more and more profound and, and kind of poetic. Like it's, 
it's almost like this is the real rebirth of Star Wars here, and Filoni and Favreau are leading the charge. This character showing you that we are now starting again, and there is now this species again. Now there is going to be a new generation yeah. of Star Wars shows and movies and all this kind of stuff, and it all starts with this baby Yoda, this rebirth almost. Oh. That's a good observation. Then you're, this is the yeah. way forward, right? Yeah. You're opening a really big door there, Grant. Yeah. <laughs> like, because this, I mean, if we start talking about what the implications of the that this show has for the future, Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's an interesting conversation. Well, I don't know if we're. We'll get to it in a different episode. We're yeah. in our um, news yeah. roundup. We're going to talk about the interview with Kathleen Kennedy, and yeah. um, okay. she spoke to like the yeah. what the what their views are as of today. Yeah, which is really. Yeah. Um, speaking of Baby Yoda, mine's less profound uh, than Grant's observation, but I think the nickname, the new uh, title of the show should be uh, Fob Pucks and Baby uh, Yoda Reaction Shots. <laughs> I was going to say no pucks for you. No pucks for you. <laughs> but um... uh, Yeah, there is a lot. Of, like the first half of this was just sort of like watching, looking at the, the facial yes. like horror most of the time yeah. on um, poor Baby Yoda. Yeah, how heartbreaking was it when he looked in the dumpster to see the uh, the pod and the uh, the, the sheet or the rope just thrown in the trash? <laughs> sometimes the show is savage, I, I, yeah. like savage. <laughs> that happened, and I looked over, but I went, "This is dark." Yeah, <laughs> so dark. Just like sure, and he's like, "I better check the dumpster to see if they threw the baby in the dumpster." I know. So oh. it's easy, John. Easy. But then they do interesting things, right? Because, like, that doctor, who I assume was just going to be, like, the Nazi doctor parallel, seems like, and he could have been flying to save his life, but it felt honest that, like, yeah. he doesn't want, he wants to try to save this baby's life. Like, it's, because he literally says, like, don't kill it, it's only a baby. Is that what he yeah, says? yeah, yeah. So, we get, so speaking of lore, we get some really interesting tidbits when Amanda is, is spying on Werner and the scientists. Oh, yeah. I got a note there, too. What do you got, Grant? Well, he it gets cut off at certain places, like you know, I can't I can't promise your safety or whatever, and you know, yeah. someone's named as being the person who wants this thing, but it's but it's it's static okay. at that point, and it's unclear what it says, right? Yeah, and then um, but then he does say uh, Werner Herzog's character does say extract the necessary materials and get rid of it, and yeah, begs the yeah. question, what are the necessary materials? Yeah, you know? midichlorians. I I imagine so. <laughs> I don't think you can extract <laughs> midichlorians, Why? but I mean. But a, a a genome, like a full genome, I, I would say, I would guess. Yes, yeah. it's just weird to use the plural materials talking about a genome. Yeah. Extract the necessary materials <laughs> from the small <laughs> baby Yoda and then dispose of it in the dumpster out back. <laughs> yeah. He's the greatest character. I'm glad he didn't kill Wren. I know. I was waiting for so many of these characters just to die this episode. Like, yeah. I thought Werner was going to get it. I thought Grief Cargo was going to get it. Yeah. Wait, big mistake not to take out Werner Herzog's character because yeah. the fobs immediately start beeping again. What? On everybody in the town. Yeah. But that's so great because, like, I like that's all I want is just like for the next five episodes, just to be other bounty hunters chasing down the Mandalorian. Like, um. yeah. 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 Well, so I mean, that was the the other thing that that I left with is like this is a perfect trilogy. 
Yeah. Like if you never got another like episode, you, you still had a satisfying conclusion to these first three episodes. Well, it felt like the end of a movie, right? Like, yeah. like of, a, of a movie of a series. Like it's these right. three episodes, you can watch it in a row. There's no break in between. And it's mm-hmm. just like, and this is the end of this act of the story. Right. right. This, this is really the, the first act. Yeah. Tracy's kind of surprised that they didn't do nine episodes their season. They went eight. Like I'm surprised you didn't tell it in like sections of three. I bet um, the last two episodes will be long. Mm. Because these are short episodes. This one was like 37 minutes long. Really? That's yeah. such a bummer. We were promised an hour. I know, but that's a lot of money. They're, they're spending a lot of yeah. money on this. <laughs> it's not like anything suffering. I just want more, no. like M-O-A-R, more, yeah. all caps. Yeah. Uh, back, back to that uh, necessary extraction of materials. Okay, uh, okay, Grant. Sorry, I'm just jumping to this real quick. Uh, what if, I mean, we do know <laughs> no, that. No, no, I'm just giving you know what that Children of the Force episode in Clone Wars and Palpatine's interest and this all could be some sort of lead up to like the, the, the preservation of Palpatine or something like that, and, yeah. and use it, utilizes those many. Uh, yeah. Tie the whole show together with everything. But I had this like instantaneous brain reaction where he said, "Don't kill it; it's only a child." Because I yeah. see Yoda, and I pictured there being a baby Palpatine in a crib somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's an ugly baby. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think you're right, Grant. I think, I mean, this is Star Wars. Everything's tied into everything. I, I It's interesting that episode seven premieres the Wednesday before Rise of Skywalker. And then the final episode of the season is the mm. week after episode nine. So part of me wonders if they might be pulling a Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to uh, to uh, Captain America right. Winter Soldier that there's some kind of tie-in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at this point, like, I thought I knew what this show would be, which was, like, like shooting, uh, rescues, bounty hunting, um, maybe a love story at the end. But, like, now there's really no limit. Now that they've introduced the Force in this, didn't think I'd see the Force at all in this. Yeah. Um, this Baby Yoda thing, I mean, has implications all through the whole Skywalker saga. Yeah. There's, um, yeah, I have no idea where this is going to go. He's probably going to get a jetpack. Hopefully he'll get a signet. Maybe he'll get some color on his armor i mean there'll be development there i mean i've seen some of the advertisements there's all these characters that they're you know promoting that we haven't seen yet yeah, um so true. we will see this yeah. the the sky's the limit for this and the other thing is like before this show came out there was so much talk of like boba fett is boba fett can be in this where's boba fett boba fett boba fett boba fett i don't care about boba fett right now if i like do you know, Not at I all. Yeah. thought about him at all like, yeah Occasionally, like, oh, that guy kind of looks like him with a similar armor, but in terms yeah, of, like, yeah. where is he? I don't care. He could be rotting. He could still be rotting in the in the belly of the uh, of the uh, the Sarlacc. Sarlacc yeah. bit, and I, that's fine. I know it's sort of funny, actually. It would be interesting if like there was just enough armor left for you know um, one of the other guys that he's just an ancillary character that doesn't talk the whole time. Could be anyone we see. Could be someone we've seen yeah. just hanging around the background. I keep yeah. doing double takes when they like they scan over these. I'm like, wait, is that? Is that, I mean, which is ridiculous because they all look the same. But I mean, sometimes they're the chest armors just a certain way, or the helmet looks, you know, there's the, this old school version of the helmet that's like less developed than yeah. what the Mandalorian looks like. And um, there's a couple of those in the background. I'm like, oh, that is, that is, you know, Boba Fett. So. And then one last thing I want to hit on because we teased it, but we didn't really discuss it directly, is there's a, there's a Mando uh, in this, the one who kind of challenges. The Mandalorian, <laughs> and then comes to his rescue later, uh, who is a, as a husky man, I'll say a husky person in Mando armor, who is my new favorite Star Wars character. 
Husky um, Mando. We've been trying to figure out who it is because I think we all had the same reaction, but we can't confirm it. And man, did that sound a lot like John Favreau. Yeah. That's headcanon for sure. Is like yeah. that was John Favreau and that guy. It just makes sense. He's going to put himself in the of show course. at some time. And he's like, we're going to have a heavy trooper. And uh, yeah, he's going to be, you know, uh, a, you know, a girthy man yeah. and, um, you know, have have a like rail gun attached to his jetpack, which is brilliant. Oh, yeah, uh, that laser laser Gatling. That thing yeah. Cool. Yeah. Really cool. Um, really cool thing. Super, super surpri- surprised by um grief cargo's turn towards like chaotic evil in this episode <laughs> yeah i think he's gonna have a, a redemption arc unions man i mean he's he's got to protect his union you know like they have their yeah. your word is all you have in the galaxy and this is that's part of it is when you deliver a bounty you don't steal it back so um i'm just had, surprised there wasn't like a thing. children of men moment and everyone all the bounty hunters could just put down their weapon and see just how cute this <laughs> i was like really you all are gonna go after this guy for a baby like that isn't yeah all of you evil yeah. all of you um yeah nice pretty cool real quick uh where do you think it's going now because that's what ben and i looked at each other we're like this is the first episode where it's ended at it like we don't know where it's going next last, no, yeah. last episode we kind of figured yep they're going to He's coming back to drop off Baby Yoda now. No ideas. Any thoughts, Grant? Uh, yeah, I think he might reunite with someone from his past and and give the baby to them for safekeeping. That's that's where most. Uh, that's where I think it's going. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just excited to see a new biome, like another another planet. Um, yeah. I like that one. I wish they named it. I know you guys don't, but I. You know, they, would it kill them to just say the name of the planet once? I'm glad they didn't name it at first. Three right. episodes in, I'd like a name. Right. Yeah. Like, come on. I just want to know what that planet is. Cause, and the fact that they're not saying it makes me feel like it's important. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. We it know it's like, Jawas. It looks damaged. It looks like it was maybe attacked by the Empire at one point by maybe a super laser or something. Because it's like it's volcanic only in like one area of the planet. Oh, yeah. 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 We did see it coming back in. And it, yeah, it looks war torn and ravaged. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Huh. Well, I guess we'll see. Um, another stellar episode, um, and can't wait to see the one next week. Yeah. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you always. <laughs>